0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com.
1: From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Mader, editor and publisher of The Current. It's
0: business, Acadiana
1: style.
2: Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. When you're a designer, you've often got one customer, the one right in front of you. And you've got essentially one product, the one you're making. And with every job, you're building both your reputation and your portfolio. But here is the kicker. If you're doing custom work, then your customer is also your boss. No pressure there. But pressure, and lots of it, is how diamonds are made. Jewelry makers like my guest Steve Crater are tasked with making not just something beautiful for their customer bosses, but something unique and precious. But that's the way Steve likes it. He takes pride in being a small part of a family's big story, and it all starts with a one-on-one consultation at Steve Charles Jewelers. It's a process so special you're going to need a referral. Steve doesn't advertise his location. He takes appointments only, and he tries to stay under the radar. And despite actively avoiding brand awareness, Steve has built a clientele of around 5,000 customers nationwide. He was born and raised in Karen Crow and lives in Youngsville. You'll have to make an appointment to find out the rest. Steve Crater, welcome to Out to Ludge.
3: Thank you so much, Kristen. We appreciate you having us.
2: Uh, Jewelry is just one kind of design, of course. There are as many design jobs as there are industries, and my guest Maureen Duga Foster has worked in a lot of them. She's worked in project management, sales, and business development. She's worked as an artist and community engagement as a teacher. Her training is in architecture. She's the owner of Duga Foster Design, a side hustle studio that specializes in residential additions and remodeling. The common thread in all of that is people and creativity. In 2016, she founded Designing Women of Acadiana. It's a civic group that serves as a gathering place for women who work in creative fields. They talk shop, they go on architecture tours, host speakers, and even have their own Mardi Gras walking crew. Maureen Duga Foster, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. So, Steve, I was thinking about this. I have bought one engagement ring so far in my life. I hope that's the only one. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> you know, when I went there, I just the, wouldn't even know where to start. So I'm thinking, like, I'm just going to drive up and down Johnson Street or whatever, and why not go there? So I'm thinking about your model being, like, kind of a referral base, but the customer base that I presume, right, for a lot of enga- engagement ring buyers. and uh, it, It's someone like me who, like, as soon as they make this decision, they don't even know where to go next. So how do they find their way to
3: you if they don't even know who who's going to refer them to steve yes yeah, so my 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 main business is engagement rings so that's about 78 percent of my business is engagement rings so that that referral of me taking care of other guys and, yep. and guys talk to their buddies and they say hey man i'm so nervous about this or i, I don't want to go in this store i don't want to go do this and like man i use this guy yeah super easy process under the radar like that's what i specialize in yep. kind of for holding a guy's hand kind of helping them through the process of picking out diamonds sitting down with them and, and saying, okay, this is what I'm gonna custom do for you. This is what we're gonna do. And, and the biggest compliment they can give me is by saying that this was so easy. So much, so li- little stress, you know. Yeah. So once they leave my office, that's when the stress happens of how do I do it? Yeah. How do I propose? So it's all, and hopefully I answered your question, right? But it's, it's, it's that referral of them talking to their friends and, and are, are the girlfriends friends. Yeah. And so that's the whole organic way of my business was built. Was, was strictly through bar referral only.
2: Yeah, no, know, you, you absolutely answered yeah. the question. I want to come back to something on that. But Maureen, is it easy to do home design? I mean, I, I just noticed you described it as sort of a side hustle. You've been doing this for a lot of years, right? I mean, feel free to correct me if it's more of a, you know, full-time hustle now, however you want to describe it. But, but you know, even then, just like to the extent that you were doing this on the side when you had other jobs, it seems like it'd be kind of difficult to build a career that way in architecture or in any sort of, sort of design. I mean, h- how have you been able to manage that as a sort of thing you do, in addition to other work?
1: Well, I think uh, a good personality trait is not needing lots of sleep. Okay. Um, (laughs) And, you know, the passion, I guess, but it's still side gig, you know, maybe eventually it'll be the full time deal. Yeah. Um, But you make time. I mean, who doesn't like a little extra money on the side, you know, Um, but it's, it's, it's a passion. So design, you know, my day to day careers have changed. I like to try new things. It's, you know, obvious to most people who know me. Yeah. But the residential design and the design, that's always, that's the constant. So that's a real steady thing that's just there. And it's it's like part of me.
2: So, so. Who, who who are you going to in terms of like, who's your clientele? I mean, or is it coming to you by referral? I mean, if you're not sort of like brick and mortar, you know, maybe is, is is it something you're sort of working informally and somebody says, you know, you know, Maureen can help you out with that addition. Right.
1: So it's a lot of referrals yeah. for sure. Um, so, you know, it started with just, family like mom's friend needs a kitchen renovation you know so it starts small and then you you know build up a good reputation and then you just kind of networking i'm really good at networking so it's just getting it out there infiltrating into the community and then people just kind of hey i need you know a new custom home do you know anyone and the more you're out there talking to people putting your name out there the more they're like oh yeah maureen does that so that's kind of how it goes.
2: Yeah, Steve, you talked about how you know part of how people find you, right? Is their you know, guys are talking? And actually, when you said that, I thought to myself, like, are guys really talking about engagement rings? I mean, I guess I would imagine that somebody says, "Hey, you're going to get married." Uh, you know, this is where I got my wife's ring. But I, I know a big part of my experience was like not knowing the first thing about the vocabulary. So, is is a big part of your process even having to say, "Well, here's what you need to look for in an engagement ring." I mean, so
3: you know, I, I feel like today. Um when guys come see me, they already know exactly what the girl wants. Like girls are very good at like putting up a picture here on the counter (laughs) or a text message or hey, screenshotting something off or screenshotting my page and and texting it to them. So there's very, very seldom I have guys come see me who like absolutely have no clue about what what the girl's wanting uh, today anyway. Now I feel like when I did it 25 years ago, Uh, Even though I worked at Stuller's and and, and I I was a master jeweler there, I became one there. I still didn't know at the very beginning of that process, like, I didn't know anything when they hired me. I didn't know anything about jewelry. Yeah. So I understand that. I do. But I feel like today, with the Internet and everything that's out there, guys are more aware of of what they want, at least what shape stone they want. Um, Look, Steve, here's four pictures she gave me. Let's sit down and design something. How how do do. you –
2: that process like if I come in a picture and I'm like here's a ring or whatever Tiffany cut ring and you know it has a certain setting or whatever yeah. I mean when you're a master jeweler I mean what parts are you actually crafting
3: the, the whole ring the, the whole thing from beginning to end so so like I'm not ordering components from say from a manufacturer like a Stuller's, right um uh um which they're great and everything I love them um but like I we make everything in-house And so uh, um, you give me a picture and I can make it for you. So whether that's using today's technology of CAD design, which I I do use that technology, but like I can literally take sheets of metal, bend it, form it, shape it, cast it, um, uh, carve waxes into molds and then cast those. So it's made by my hands. And like I I was a master diamond setter at Stuller. So Mm -hmm. all the diamond setting works all done underneath the microscope, very precision detailed type of stuff so yeah it's it's made so like the guys bring me the picture we start picking out diamonds getting budgets lined out Mm -hmm. and then here's what we can do and so it's I specialize a lot in okay I have these three rings I love the top of this the bottom of this ring and the sides of this one can we can we meld something together that's still aesthetically pleasing to the eye that's still gonna flow good for for my future wife hmm. and so um but i mean i do the simplest things too just solitaires whatever you yeah. know so there are some things that we order that's just not economical to make like some studs or those little items like that and we I, I pick out the diamonds i mount them in in the settings you know like these little tennis bracelets like yeah i'm setting the diamonds but i'm not making that whole bracelet it's just hmm. there's molds out there that we can use to do but any of these all these rings here are all custom made hmm. like made by hand um two of them were designed on the cad to Uh, the the other ones were all made by hand so So,
2: maureen do you do people come to you sort of intimidated by what they're starting i mean like i feel like there could be a natural tension between a designer right and what a person wants and they say like i want you to remodel my kitchen and they come with some idea and you're like you know that that's physically impossible you Mm -hmm. you can't do that i mean how does that work with you i mean people really talking your language when they come to you
1: No, Um, normally no. And I'd say like our processes are pretty similar in terms of people coming, uh, the best clients come with their Pinterest boards and all the photos of the things they like. And then we kind of see what we can piece together, what will work Mm -hmm. every now and again, there is somebody who, you know, might have this grand idea. And then when we look at their actual space or the budget or the size of their lot, it's like, yeah, we can't, this won't work. We need to shift around. And I have had clients that try to draw it up themselves, you know, because they have, like, some design experience. And then they'll end up coming to me, and it's the big, thank you, I'm so glad we did this. You know, and they really see the value of somebody with experience in basically putting all these puzzle pieces together. And, um, you know, it's all highly custom. So it is, you know, sometimes it's a blank canvas. Sometimes it's, you know... Like the blank canvas being a lot where we're like ground-up construction. Other times it's the puzzle where it's your your kitchen where what are we going to do. And it is hard, I'd say, for the average individual who hasn't gone to architecture school to look at the space and see all the potential, you know. So I think that's your value in hiring someone like myself is that we go in and we see millions of options, and then we need to talk to you to figure out what are the kind of options you're you're thinking about, you know. Steve, do
2: people – you, see, you talked about like people might bring in a few pictures, and say, here's a ring that I like. I mean, do people come in with drawings, and they're like, here's a dragon that I want you to make? I mean, do people, yeah. does that ever happen? Yeah,
3: yeah. I've made some very interesting. Like, a lot of my engineer clients or clients who have, like, do some type of drawing online, that kind of thing, those are the ones that kind of, like, try to piece those things together, yeah. like their own little design work. But, yeah, all the, all the time. Yeah, definitely. That Inspiration. Yeah. that they come in with. Yeah. I mean,
2: do you ever have to say, like, no, th- that can't be molded into silver or whatever?
3: Yeah, um, there's sometimes, very seldom, there's an expectation and functionality of how it's going to lay properly on the hand or the neck or or it's going to be way too heavy for earrings or whatever. Yeah, so sometimes I have to step in and say, look, I can make it for you, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be functional. It's not, it's not going to be very comfortable to wear, <laughs> you know, kind of deal. So, uh, yeah. But for the most part. 99.9% of the time, it's like, yeah, this will be perfect. It'll be fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so Maureen, I mean, you were calling yourself, you as you go to architecture school, you get a master's degree in architecture, mm-hmm. but you're kind of calling yourself a designer. I mean, are you doing architecture? Like, are you building buildings, going to say, like, here's what we're going to build a new addition. I mean, talk to yes. me a little bit about kind of, like, how you distinguish yourself in sort of the broader space of planning and design.
1: Sure. So difference being, I, I say designer because I didn't take all the licensing exams. Sure. So I'm not a licensed architect. So residential design. That, that's fairly common, though. It's fairly common. Yeah. There's tons of residential designers with yeah. architecture backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so, you know, mainly 10,000 square feet and under residential is mm-hmm. like my thing. Okay. Whether you're like, hey, I bought this piece of property and I need to build something on it yeah. to either live in or my camp. Or, you know, your entire house, you want to gut your house, you need a new master edition, you know, suite. So you need a new bathroom, bedroom kind of deal, master mm-hmm. closet. You need a fresh bathroom where we come in, we either add one or we take what you have, pull it all apart and put it back together kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, so you touched on, you know, it... that that, like because you're not licensed as an architect you don't call yourself an architect and i've known lots of people that do that like lots, lots of folks that build homes and stuff that do that i mean why do folks go in one direction or the other like you know i guess maybe in your experience why did you decide not to go and get licensed how just talk to me a little bit about that process
1: sure so i think it's it's all personal what do you like doing sure so i worked in commercial firms for about 13 years um and it's great work, it's steady work. I personally just, I like the residential design, I like the personalization, the custom customization of it, and like the, the people, human interaction, where it is you and the people that are living in this space. So it's, you know, it's a lifestyle. So we're, we're creating your, either your dream home, your forever home. So it's highly customized. It's like, how do you, when you get up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Does your laundry room need to be right next to your kitchen or do you need it in your bedroom? You know, so it's about, um, how people live. So it's kind of like, you know, it's an everyday learning experience. And then after so many years of doing that, you kind of, you know, you're good at reading people and can help, cultivate what it is they actually want even if they don't necessarily know right off the bat
2: you're listening to out to lunch i'm christian mater i'm talking with maureen Duga foster Duga foster designs and steve crater of steve charles jewelers so steve i mean you're a master jeweler yep. so talk to me a little bit about what distinguishes a master jeweler from a regular jeweler an amateur well, jeweler it, it, it's, yep. it's
3: really like there's no certifications at all like yep. they, they used to be Probably 10 or 15 years ago, maybe even sooner than that, but there's there's no test that you can go out and take. Yeah. That's like where where like as a master plumber, you have to go get certified or a Mm -hmm. master Mm -hmm. home. You know, there's things like that. But like essentially you're just proving yourself as somebody who can make these items from scratch with your hands, like build it yourself type Mm -hmm. of deal. Most of your jewelry stores and your big box stores have just very basic or or up to journeyman type of jewelers where – they can't do everything. They, they have to job it out to find somebody like me mm-hmm. to, to make these custom rings for them. Or they have to buy it and, and already pre-made and mm-hmm. stock it in their inventory type of deal. You know, so uh, that's why I don't have an inventory. That's why I stayed private, you know, uh, 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 make everything custom for each client is because I don't want to sell them. What's in a showcase, and, and be that salesperson per vibe of like, hey, let's buy this. I'm gonna talk you into it. Mm. I just want to hear what you want, and I want to make it happen for you. And I want to, I want, I want to, and I can guide you and direct you if, hey, look, you kind of off a little bit, but I, I want to provide exactly what that what that guy wants to put on her finger, yeah, or, or what she's expecting. And so that's why I chose the route of, I'm not gonna stock anything. I'm just gonna make everything for them.
2: Mm. Do, do people come to you looking? custom work I feel like is a silly question but I'm like I'm thinking about the big picture you work at Stuller right mm-hmm. and Stuller is famous for sort of the Henry Ford of jewelry making yes. figured out how to you know standardize the process and so like I think about my own experiences buying a ring and it's like I'm not sure that I had a lot of opinions about of course my wife did about, about the way these things should look um, is it that somebody says you know I, I do want the value of it being made by a specific person's hand as opposed to something that's sort of assembled, you know, I mean, yes. is, is that why folks would kind
3: yeah. of choose the, the craft work? So, yeah, so, um, like Stullers, for instance, is a, is a manufacturer and right. so they, they, they supply to retail stores, but I, I chose the route to do this because of the fact that, yes, I can give you a highly crafted extremely high value ring compared to you buying it in a big box sto- big box store yeah. but at the end of the day my guys are looking to save money. Yeah. And so and so I'm not custom and high end and more expensive. Right. I'm custom and high end and I'm able to save the money at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's not it's way cheaper than what you're buying it at a at a at a, higher, at a at a at a normal retail store hmm. cuz I am more I'm more of a wholesale diamond and gemstone dealer mm-hmm. that's also a master jeweler. Yeah. And and so that that's that's the I like to say the appeal is my customer service, and and that's a whole nother topic about me dealing one on one with clients. But it's it's a um, I top myself on the customer service side of it, but I'm saving my guys money. That's all they want to hear. They're like, yeah, you give me a great deal. That's perfect. That's like, <laughs> and you save me this much money compared. to – So I already shopped around. And I saw what I was gonna pay. Yeah. And so here's what here's what you're telling me it's gonna be. Oh, that's no brainer. I'm gonna tell all my friends about you. He's, you know.
2: But the, the double edged sword there is they can't like. Give it to their wives as they got a great deal on this ring. Yeah, right, yeah. Like that, that's yeah. not what they want to They typically hear.
3: show the appraisal and okay. what, it, what, what, what and what the retail value of it is, okay. and, and 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 that's pretty much it. But no, uh, you wouldn't believe how many times the girls actually come with the guys too, sure. and yeah. stuff. So it's usually by fifty percent of the time. And I might have a mother-in-law. Uh, the, the best friends of the girl uh, his mom uh, I've had 10 people in my office uh, helping to pick out one diamond for, for one guy yeah and I welcome it like it's, it's great I, um, the more eyes the more help to make sure uh, I tell the guys that look I appreciate you for spending the money with me yeah. but we're both trying to make her happy and so the more eyes that are helping us there uh, uh, pick out the perfect diamond for her then I'm fine with it hundred yeah. percent
1: yeah I more- feel like Steve's got a great Deal going on. I mean, everybody's happy. You're yeah. going to buy diamonds. You're like, yes. Yeah, it's
3: a good deal. Yeah, <laughs> Let's same, do this. Same. same. And probably the, the most challenging part about that is is um I've grown over the years and it's gotten gotten bigger and bigger and I'm I make the sales. I meet with them and so uh, people start to fall through the cracks over the last three or four years where I just can't get to them. You know, I can't return phone, whatever. And so like that growing pain has really caused me to make some some changes in the last six months or so. Where I in last year I've I've hired I had a girl come on who has worked for some of those big stores in town, has a very big customer following. And so she comes in, she does sales. Mm -hmm. And I've just recently, and I can't say any names yet, but we decided to kind of bring in another master jeweler into Steve Charles, who's 28 years of experience, worked with me uh, at Stullers. And so we're gonna have two master jewelers now with like 58 years of experience uh, doing this. So I can help, hopefully, not not have anybody fall through the cracks, or because it just gets to be a lot for one person. Yeah, you know, and so that that's that's the exciting direction that we're going.
2: Yeah. Speaking speaking of people not falling through the cracks, I mean, Marina, I want to I do want to talk about designing Women of Acadiana a bit. I mean, it it starts kind of as really focused on you know sort of building industries, right? I mean, But right. but it's grown to to sort of included basically anybody working in creative spaces, right?
1: Right. So, we noticed, so when we first started, it was women in architecture, interior design, construction, Uh, because it can be a lonely world when you're working in commercial firms. Uh, Female architects are about 20% in the nation. Wow. African-American female architects are more like 2%. Whoa. Um, So... It was a, it's like a safe space to come and talk about design, celebrate women in design locally. And we noticed that there were all these women who I'd see around town and be like, oh, I really would love to go to your event, but I'm not a designer per se. And it's like, well, really it's if you're interested in design, whether you're creative or not, because we have, I have good friends of mine that are like in the medical industry that will come to our events because it's just nice to be around creative individuals, having creative conversations about things that you don't hear on your daily basis you know Mm -hmm. so it's expanding your mind but uh really you know it's empowering women to create to really see the value of design and the built environment because the spaces we inhabit which we do pretty much all day every day are are really important for your mental health and well-being Mm -hmm. and it's something that's not talked about as much as i would like it to be you know yeah well you have a platform <laughs> cool. here I mean, let's talk about it yeah. i mean yeah. it,
2: where where do you sort of draw that line then do you feel like you're going to need to draw the line It's say well you know that's not a creative industry i mean we, we, how do you draw that line
1: right so we do talk about this like uh we, we have a board of about seven other women in town and um i <laughs> think we do need somebody on the board who's not a creative because it's like we've got seven like creative adhd people just like this and this and this uh, so it's like we could use somebody who's like, "Hey, ladies, let's get back and focus." I don't know that we'll draw a line per se, but the main focus will always be the built environment, you know, architectural, sustainable spaces, places that make you feel good. Uh, but that can also be an artist studio, mm-hmm. you know. It can be, I don't know, it could be a doctor's office. Like it's, it's celebrating design and the spaces we inhabit. Um, And and I guess the industries that go into that as well. So, So
2: Steve, I mean, you kind of think of what you do as more specifically a craft, right? I mean, kind of distinguish that a little bit for me.
3: So, like, I really don't consider myself an artist where, like, I I design. Like, you have these painters and all these uh, local artists in town who I really consider to be great artists. Mm -hmm. I don't really consider, like, I I can make things. I can't draw. I I can't do any of those kind of things. Uh, I can make a 3D item, and I, I can craft it. You know, I just I don't consider myself an artist where like I have a Steve Charles jeweler's line mm-hmm. of jewelry and that's all I make, that's all I do, uh kind of deal. Uh, uh I, I just I, I wanna make things that that I used to do that in the very beginning and whenever when somebody find out well you're a master jeweler, I love the top of this ring and the sides of this one or whatever. And so I just end up making something for them and it's it's like well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna entertain this anymore and keep making these items that people love but they, they want something special for them. And so uh, I, that's why I consider myself a craftsman and not really a, an artist, per se.
2: Do you, Do you have to keep a lot of material on hand? I mean, I'm thinking about the the, the stuff that you need to make even a small ring. I mean, you know, you,
3: gold, all these precious metals, right? I mean, yeah. are you having to go to market and buy truckloads of gold? No, no. So, so I, I, I. I that's one convenience of having a Stullers here in town because they are the North America's largest jewelry manufacturer. And so I go there every day to pick up gold refining tools that I need, those kind of things. And I I get all my diamonds. That's why I'm more of a wholesaler. I don't get anything. I'm more of like a middleman here in the States. I get everything from overseas. So (laughs) i order diamonds as I need them. I get packages in two, three days a week for each client and I order them specifically for each client. So it's a, it's, it's a little process for you know, from the most basic rings taking a few days to the most intricate de- designs taking three weeks mm-hmm. to do. You know, so it's it's. I don't keep a, a inventory per se. I do keep materials to make rings, but I, I can order it as I need it.
2: Hmm. You know, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but my perception is, I mean, I've I think you might be the second jeweler that I maybe had on the show. I can't mm-hmm. remember if the other person was a master jeweler to be clear. But I mean, even folks that I know that work in jewelry manufacturing, actually doing the work, are typically men. Is is that? true i mean do you know many women who make jewelry
3: um outside of stullers no uh hmm. typically most of your retail jewelers uh are probably ninety percent of them are, are are men and most of the women i meet are really really amazing jewelers yeah this is more of a finesse thing yeah k- kind of thing you know so but sure. at stellars there is a lot of women but like stuller's doesn't really focus on that type of thing uh, uh it's more like each segment of the jewelry making but yep. if a full rounded jeweler in a jewelry store is normally a man hmm.
2: yes Interesting. So Maureen, do you have, do you know a woman jeweler? Or is there somebody who's come to one of your events?
1: So I know uh, downtown there's the couple. Yeah. That, you know. Um, but he's the jeweler. Right. Okay. Then, yeah. So there you go. So, all right, I'll be looking. I'll be looking. <laughs> 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 just coming look, up with
2: ideas
3: here. I love uh, it. Women yeah. are amazing jewelers. So, yeah. I sure. It I just,
1: yeah. just, just popped in my head when I
2: was like, I've interviewed one other yeah. jeweler. He mm-hmm. happened to be a man. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But um, so, so, Maureen, I mean, like as you're kind of looking for, y- the, you know, the next job for you and, you know, are you tr- primarily trying to focus on uh, you know, building new things, even if it's an addition, or are you preferring to work in the renovation space where you're dealing with an existing structure and kind of working from within it?
1: So I, I'm just open to the universe. You could say okay. <laughs> that, um, it's not a bad way to be right. Cause it really is. Um, maybe, maybe in 20 years, I'll be more focused on like, this is my jam. This is what I'm doing. But for now it's more, um, building my portfolio, you know, building my skills on putting the puzzle pieces together or, you know, styles of architecture on the exterior of a residence, you know, um, But I was just uh, critiquing an interior design senior earlier this week and she said something about like, this is not normally my style. And I was like, well, you know, when you're in the field, nothing may be your style because you're designing for your clients, you know? So there are a lot of architects out there and designers who, you know, they have a style and that's why people go after you. At this point, I guess you could say, um, yeah. I don't want to say I'm stylist. I've got a lot of style. But I am very <laughs> much into the individuals who come to me and figuring out what they want. Yeah, I mean, I guess
2: when you're doing a custom job, you, you got to learn how to adopt your client's style. That's right. sort of the point, right? Um, so, well, sounds like you guys are both finding success doing that, and congratulations to you on that. So thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch Cadiana appreciate you you guys. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Maureen Dugoff-Foster of Dugoff-Foster Designs and Steve Crater of Steve Charles Jewelers. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRBS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Maureen and Steve by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website. It's Acadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Astor Morgan. You can find more of Astor's photos at astormorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRAVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Graham Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Theriault. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau, and I'm Christian Mater. Editor of the current Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet. For stories deeper than the headlines, head to thecurrentla.com. Join me next time for more business and
0: conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services. Services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com, and by Sunday Soda Fountain, nostalgic classics like ice cream sundaes, house-made sodas, and even libations on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed, and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.